Your goal isn't to hang out on the earth. Your goal isn't to stay here. Your goal is to go into the light and to look at the next program for you. Hello and welcome to Passion Harvest. I am Louisa, your host. Thank you so much for joining me today. Our guest is Kevin Jeffers. Are we trapped here on earth? Kevin Jeffers experienced a profound life-changing event that changed everything. He explores the nature of consciousness, afterlife, soul entrapment, past lives, and out-of-body experiences. He is the author of The Pattern, an exploration of consciousness. Kevin Jeffers, welcome to Passion Harvest. Well, thank you for having me come to your show today. <laughs> oh, I it's my privilege. You've had so many incredible experiences. Um, if you wouldn't mind just to start with sharing some of your experiences and profound life-changing events with the audience. Ah, you're going to jump right into it. Sure, if that if you feel comfortable with that. Uh, that's fine. I'm just trying to sort through them in my head, which ones would be particularly interesting. But life-changing, um, yeah, I've got one. When I was uh, about 20, I was traveling through Greece and Crete and Turkey. Uh, took a little... Took a year off from college, go out and stretch a bit. And I went to Crete, which I was very, very drawn to, and did a walkabout on the island. And I uh, came to a place that was called the Prince's Palace, which is a little bit south of uh, a small town called Agigalini, much further south than uh, Heraklion, the capital. And I wanted to go there. And it was interesting. I didn't know where to go because the signage was confusing and it was all in Greek. So I had this uh, flash, immediate flash of being a, a young child, a young boy on a cart with my grandfather, single horse cart, very old, going up the mountainside. But my friend who I was traveling with said, no, you got to go down this road and then take a right and do this and do that. And I said, no, you go that way. I'll meet you there. So I took a right. I did a switch back up the hill. Over the hill was the Prince's Palace. So the life-changing part was, I'll kind of get to that in a minute. Um, I walked around the ruins it used to be a beautiful place. There were murals still intact at that time. I don't know what happened to them since. And I did the uh, absolute tourist no-no, picked up a little piece of rock. But being 20 and a long, long time ago, that was, really wasn't a huge issue. And I took the rock, carried it around with me for the rest of my travels and went back to Chicago where I was living at the time. And coincidentally, if you believe in coincidences, uh, my sister had met a psychic, a lady who professed to be a healer, a psychic, um, and in connection with the spirit world, which I knew there was a spirit world because I'd had experiences, but someone coming into my, into my mother's house was where we were, sitting at the kitchen table and talking about these things was 
pretty incredible for me. So she said, I can do psychometry. And I'm thinking, hey, that's cool. I've heard about that. I've never seen it in practice. She said, do you have something that I could read? And I said, I have this rock that I picked up without any background. Just I picked it up in my travels. So she holds it in her hands. And I don't know. I just, okay, what did you get? She said, just hold on. And she's holding it. And in Chicago, you have double doors. You've got the outside door and the inside door, the screen door and the wood door. And the screen door popped open. And I said, well, that's really not the way that works because it's got a little device on it that closes it immediately as soon as it goes open. Well, it opened and it stayed open. And then the wood door went open. So now it's a little cold, it's in the winter. And I'm thinking, wow, I had never experienced anything this so evidential of someone's ability to do something. And in came a cloud or a haze. It was uh, like a grayish haze and took the, took the shape of a person. And at that point, I'm speechless. I really didn't know what to make of this. And also what came into the room was this incredible pungent smell of lilac a very strong lilac. And the medium looks over and says, hey, Kevin, you've got a visitor. I said, oh, well, who's that? He said, this rock came from a place that experienced a, a huge tragedy. It burned down, which I knew all the history to where I found the rock. So I'm like checking in the boxes off. And in that experience, there was a woman who you were very intimately involved in who set a fire in that in the, the prince's palace and gutted it and she died and you died trying to save her and then suddenly I recalled running down a hallway yelling out Persephone Persephone where are you and then everything ended and I looked at the the psychic and I said what was that all about she said, the lady who set the fire, who killed you, came back to ask your forgiveness. And I'm kind of seeing something and I'm kind of not seeing something. And I said, I looked at whatever I was supposed to be looking at towards that haze. And I said, yes, you're forgiven. And it was like everything contracted and it was a, like a pause or a sigh. And then the one door closed, then the other door closed, and everything was back the way it was 20 minutes ago, except for the smell of the lilac, followed me around that house for a week. And I'm kind of young, a little, little naive and inexperienced. And finally, I, I didn't like the, the, the smell going with me into the bathroom because it was embarrassing. I said, even spirit or no spirit, it was just embarrassing. So I said, please go now. I forgave you. Everything is good. It was kind of like, okay. And then the smell went out away and it never came back again. Wow. So it was that kind of evidence that let me know that what I was experiencing at that age, which started very young, had some validity to it. 
and it wasn't a mag it wasn't a magical gig because nothing it was my mom's house nothing was set up all of these things happened and then they stopped happening so it, it took something very tangible very real to affirm to me that the work that i had been doing in spirit wasn't just my imagination or nonsense and that changed my life Gosh, Kevin, well, thank you so much for sharing that experience. In incredible, incredible. I mean, yes, you know, there's so many things that are unexplainable. I know you do some amazing work with soul retrieval or soul entrapment, but for the audience, in your opinion, while well, this is your show today, what, what happens in the afterlife? What happens when our physical body dies? Well, it's all very clinical. Your body dies, your soul continues. And I'm not saying it goes somewhere. I'm not at that point yet. It just, it, it continues. You don't die because the essence of you is registering everything. You probably know what happened to you unless it was a very abrupt, violent death. Um, you see things differently. People that have had near-death experience talk about floating. They're floating above their body. Um, I experienced something like that. That's another story. But what I see from my from myself now being a bit older and a bit more experienced in these things is that the soul lifts out of the body and then depending on what your wants and needs and intention is, whether it goes on to the light or whether it, you stay, maybe you you want to comfort relatives or have unfinished business, or you simply don't know what's going on, which happens a lot. People don't know it. So, um, if you're fortunate, one of your guides, as an example, or an angel, as some people see them, assist you to go to the light, and then you're you're incarnation your 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 presence on the earth stops and you move into the light you don't need you don't need the earth anymore you've accomplished your life you go into the light you have a little chat with your higher self and the question usually is and this just really surprised me when i found out is that the guide will look at you with enormous love and compassion there is absolutely no judgment when you pass the judgment comes from inside yourself. And all they want to know is, what did you learn? Tell me your life. Tell me your story. What did you learn from that experience that you just went through, whether it was a short one or a long one? If you don't know what, where you're going or what you want or you're trapped in the earth, I, I call it like the earth impulse where you just don't want to leave. You want to hang out. You want to check on people. Um, then you don't go to the light and you're here, you're earthbound because that's your desire, your intention. And then the third category that I've come to call confused 
are people who die with no clear intention of going into the light or heaven. I say light because they never learned about it. They were never taught about the, the moving forward of the soul. And they become bound into that layer around the, the earth energy system and they can't move. And then finally they become immobile. And then till they get to the point where they ask to go to the light. I mean, existing in an immobile state uh, for hundreds of years is probably kind of boring. I want to get out of here. I don't like this. And that's all it takes is the request, the asking. Um, the people that are confused, people that don't know where to go, uh, that's a little bit different situation. They will lift out and become stationary in this, this, I call it this ring around the earth, the earth energy system. And um, they can't, they don't know where to go. No one has redeemed them. No one has carried them forward into the light. And that's where I've developed a skill over many, many years of going out of my body, my consciousness lifting out of my body and going to that place where people need to be moving up your goal isn't to hang out on the earth your goal isn't to stay here your goal is to go into the light and to look at the next program for you whether it's another incarnation whether it's learning something whether it's moving on into the light you're not meant to stay here so the people that don't know where to go need assistance but but what's interesting is that my guide as people like to call these spiritual beings points to me someone who needs to be retrieved it's not a random event it's not like oh yeah well let me look around and see who needs to be retrieved it's like go to that person and then as i developed some efficiency and skill it was more than one person. We just started out with one person. It's so much. It was, yeah, sorry to interrupt. Kind of like training camp. Yeah. I mean, the work you're doing is so much needed and I, w I can't wait to dive into it. I just want to ask you, you speak about the ring around the earth or the energetic ring. What what does that mean? Well, it's like a magnetic field and it, it's it's a higher frequency of energy, but it's a lower frequency than the light, but it's a higher frequency than the earth. So when you're released by death, your soul is released. You can get trapped in that location if you don't have a destination, if you don't have an intention to go into the light. You can get stuck there. Sometimes when I travel out, um, it's like walking through a, a Halloween situation where they just have floating spirits moaning and groaning and this and that. I mean, it's very sad um, to watch this, to experience this. You might run across a, a relative and then there are things that you can do, but mostly it's just the old, the old saying, lost souls. So, 
Yes. So for someone who's watching this thinking, oh, my God, when I transition, I don't want to be a lost soul. What what intention should they have or what's your advice? It's what intention that you desire, what you're willing to spend time forming. You can have the intention to go into the light. You can have the intention to stay and to oversee your children or your relatives. Some people want to try to re-experience um, appetites. They want to re-experience earning, making money. It's all what your intention is. So what is my advice? I don't want to hang out here. It is just not fun. So as you, when you pass, develop an, an intention now of what you want to do when you pass. There's no, no really supportive material other than the new literature about creating an intention to go into the light. It's like all that information stops when people die or now you're getting to the near-death experience where they go into the light and they come back and they know that the planet Earth is not the what they thought it was. They change. Their energy changes. Their being changes. But then they know. And when they finally do die, the final one, then they know where they want to go, which is into the light. Because they know that this place is not a good place to hang out. Well, for me personally, I definitely want to go into the light. Once I go into the light, then then what is the process? What happens? What happens then? Just go. And then am I in a, a void and afterlife situation? And then I have a review and I choose to reincarnate at some point in time? Well, that event is in the light. Right. So when, the, when you have the intention to go to the light, you go. There's no fooling around. You go directly into the light. And there's a reception committee that will say hello, that will make you feel comfortable, that will help you adjust from a death experience into a new life experience. And when you're adjusted, there's endless opportunities for learning. Learning about yourself, learning about your life, learning how to change your modes of behavior and your decision-making processes. You learn those things. And sometimes, well, actually, a lot of the times people come back from the earth life and they're damaged. They've been damaged by events. They damage themselves. Um, they, need to, they need to be healed. Their energy body needs to be healed. You know, the physical body is over there. That's finished. The energy body sometimes goes into the light, needs to be healed because of damage that is collected or experienced while in the earth incarnation. Gosh, this earth incarnation is incredibly challenging at times. Just another question, if, if which is my conscious intention, I go into the light. From your experiences, just say I'd leave children behind or partners or loved ones, can I still communicate with them even though I'm in the light? Well, if your intention is to go in the light, you're not trapped there. Right. It's not a trap. 
It's not like the door closes and then you're stuck in the light for it. Yeah. I, I'm thinking in the humanness experience. There's no, Absolutely. of course, there's no distance between time and space. I'm thinking in very human terms. <laughs> there is time and space in, in human terms, but in higher frequencies, there's no time and space. Of course. Everything is happening simultaneously. Everything of course. is happening. So this, I mean, I've actually had a few clients that I've started doing this work, this amazing work that you're doing about lost souls, trapped souls that are stuck on the energetic field of the earth. Do you mind sharing a bit more about that and how you do this incredible work? I don't know. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> yeah, really. In this long, this long, I've been doing this for close to 50 years. And it all started very innocently. I, I, I am what I would call a sensitive, a natural sensitive. But the development of the work in spirit was more of an inclination. It's what I liked. And I've looked past in my previous lives and said, well, there's there's a foundation for that interest. Um, because that continues. Each life continues. So it's more of an inclination. And it came out of finally reaching the point where I was not encumbered with emotions I'm saying I don't experience emotions. I, I love my kids, but I'm not encumbered by emotions. I'm not encumbered by this, you know, the seven deadly sins. They keep you here. They keep you wanting to come back here. Jealousies, um, greed, desire, fear. They keep you here. They drag on you. So it seems to me that I reached the point where I was no longer interested in that stuff. And that was just a series of experiences in life where it, I think I came in without a lot of stuff, a lot of not a lot of attachments. And that bore itself out in the ability to do soul retrieval or healing, whatever was involved. So I think that Without imagination, there is no creation. When you say, what? What are you talking about? Well, look everywhere around you. Someone created your environment. Some create. Someone created the mechanisms to move you from here to there. It all came from their imagination. And then it puts itself into structure and then reality. So I would say to folks, everything you do is based upon your intention. It's like putting energy into an arrow and shooting the arrow off. And the arrow is your intention pointed to a target. So it's all about you. It's all about what you want, what your intention is. So, to me, that's, the, that's really the core of life. Of course. So this soul retrieval work that you do, is this, do you do this alone? Well, obviously you have guides, not with a collective other humans. Well, someone asked me that question the other day. He said, do you see anybody else when you're doing this thing? And I said that all the years I've been doing it, I've seen one other, one other person doing it. And it was kind of funny because it was like, wow, you don't expect that. I mean, there's not like a whole crew that go out and, and do this. Mm. There's a lot of people, but at different times and places. 
and it's like I looked at this person and they're they're doing their work and I'm doing my work. We kind of like wave. So do you go into a meditative state doing this work or do you yes. lie down? Well, I have a meditation chair. It's a lazy boy. It's the one where you pull the handle and the legs go up. <laughs> nice little, nice fabric, cushiony material. So I, I go into that chair, which I've now uh, set up impulses and triggers to go into deep meditative state. But with people that are starting this process, yes, you need to meditate. And why do you need to meditate? Because you're all hyped up from life. You had an argument with the spouse. The kids did this. Somebody did that. The boss did this. You've got to put all of that away. And that's a process all by itself. Learning to take all of your emotions and events of your day and putting them away. Now, for me, I learned this in a, in a process. Imagine a big box. And you take all of your, your day, all of your thoughts, all of the things that drag you down and you put them in the box and you close the lid and the lid won't open again. It's like taking everything and putting it off to the side. Then you become a clearer channel for these kinds of experiences. And with your guide or guides, you assist these individuals that you see that are stuck on earth Um to transition to the light. If they choose, I guess everything is free will. Absolutely. No one's going to tell you to do anything ever. There's no, there's no policeman. There's no religious figure. It's all up to you, your choice. So, so I mean, if, if you so, think you're going to go into light and suddenly you're going to become enlightened and know a bunch of things and people are going to tell you what to do and direct, you know, forget it. Every, you are a soul, you're immortal, you are a forever being. And you're learning and you're learning and you're lifting your consciousness up into higher frequencies. So it all comes back to what do you want? Not what do they want? Well, you Probably, just, you just kind you of answered my next question. Why are we yeah. here? <laughs> Ever since you were a child, people were telling you what to do. Yeah. Mom and dad and teachers and you went to church or temple and then there are the laws and the rules and the regulations everyone all the time is telling you what to do so you have to come out of that frame of beliefs and preconceived notions to it's like a box and you're in the box and you and all your stuff is in the box how do you get out of the box very simple, which is, but it's really hard to get. You imagine yourself out of the box. You recognize the box for what it is. You recognize all of these beliefs that you've dragged around all your life. They're not serving you. They served a purpose. You needed those to survive. You needed those to cope and deal with all of the stuff, but they are not limiting factors unless you make them. So learn to step out of the box by imagining yourself on the other side of the box. You'll go into another box. It'll just be bigger and a little more roomy or a little bit elbow room in there. But it's a new space of creating, creating for yourself who you are. Yeah, it's, it's 
can be challenging to push, push aside all those that baggage. I get this mm-hmm. question asked all the time, is there an end to the reincarnation cycle? It all depends. It depends. It's a good question. What I can see from my own experience is there's no end. And there's no end because it, you don't feel like you're enslaved to a system. You know, God is saying, yes, you're going to have to come back and incarnate and incarnate. No. It's striving towards the light is indicative of where you respond to the frequency of the light. And I was kind of shocked to see that when I went into the light, and that's the place that was just brilliantly light, that there were gradations of light that are connected to the purity of my soul. And the message to me was clear. Hey, you got a lot of work to do. You want to go over there. What are you going to do to go there? Because it's all about frequency. And a frequency is it, it's like an uplift of consciousness that you learn and develop lifetime to lifetime to lifetime. You do this for a purpose. And what I see is the purpose is to move into the next stage of consciousness. As you probably notice, uh, this planet is, is, does not have a highly evolved sense of consciousness. You, the forever being, came into the limitations of the body to learn something. So how do we find our what our learning, our purpose in our incarnation? Well, you have a couple of methods. Meditation is a great one. Um, res- responding to your intuition, being responsive to intuition and acting on it courageously moving forward. Learning from spirit, if you're so fortunate to recognize and work with your spirit guides, which are frankly nothing more than low-level angels. But that's, you have many avenues. But if you're not intending that result, you won't accomplish it. No one hands it to you because you're a great person. You just, you're tired of what you're, what you're dealing with. So for someone's so, so for someone who's listening and says I'm off track and I don't know what intuition is and I can't hear my inner calling, how what's your advice to connect with one's intuition? Well, coming from an era where no one had an answer to that question, coming into this era where everyone has an opinion about everything, mm-hmm. choose someone who you respect and feel comfortable with and learn about these things. And there's so much information. Huge amount of data. Yeah. I remember many, many years ago when I was young, listening to lectures by psychics or by healers or by somebody, something, something. And it would be massive crowds of people, even then, would want to hear what they have to say. Wow, you can do that. And it, all they were doing was relating their experiences. There was very little analysis or thought that went into the experiences. The shift that I see now is that folks are thinking about those experiences, what their impact means, what is, 
what does intuition do for me? Well, it points you to where you need to be going. What does education get you? It gives you some basis or foundation for looking inside of yourself. And it's so interesting because it's not even a learning. It's almost a remembering. It's always been there. It's just remembering it. Well, remember who you are. Yeah. You're a soul. You're eternal. You're forever. <laughs> but the veil, some people call it the veil, is placed upon us. So. No, no, excuse me. The veil is what you put in place. We put, so, okay, no, I'd love to explore that. So we're born with the veil or it's placed upon us by our choice? Well, take a step back even further. You planned your life. Mm. You planned your energy. You planned your intelligence. You planned your physical physical structure and appearance. You planned the family. You agreed to go to that family. Well, that family is toxic. Well, guess what? That's what you need. So you plan your life. And then when you formalize the plan, you get the, uh, you know, the benevolent wave of the hand of your total self and say, go forth and live your life and see what happens. But just keep in mind, you're going into the predator environment. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's what this is. You have elected to come into the planet Earth at this stage of evolution and consciousness that still depends on survival skills because it's a predator world. I think that's valuable not to forget that. Mm. You know, there's a lot of talk about spiritual uplift, which is true, and this and that, and you'll be saved, maybe. At the end of the day, when you acknowledge and recognize that you're in a hostile environment for your survival. And if there's some question about the validity of what I just said, look at places like India and China and in Russia. Those are obvious examples. They're everywhere. I'm not picking on those countries. There are places now, and even in the United States where I live, that are very hostile. And very, and if you're not the correct sex, gender, if you're not the correct skin color, if you're not the correct education, you might just have a very rough life. Yes. So Don't forget you you chose to be here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just forget sometimes. Yeah. Um, take, take from from this point of view of the soul. Yes, of course, of course. And nothing I mean, really damages the soul. It's all experiences. Yes. And, and, and if, learning. become damaged or you go into an environment, what I call toxic environment, if you go, if you're wrecked, it doesn't matter so much, except for the moment where you're experiencing it, of course, yes. moments. Because when you go into the light, there's in a sense of redemption of who you truly are. Mm. And then that's where you sit down with your buddies and believe me, you've got a lot of friends on the other side, family and friends and people that you've been with life after life. And you'll sit down and you get your imaginary paper out and pencil and you start making notes. Gee, what did I learn? And that goes back to the thing I said earlier. When you pass and you go in front of the guide, they ask you, what did you learn? 
because to come here and to learn nothing is a waste of energy. It's a waste of who you are. Whatever you learn, good stuff, bad stuff, indifferent stuff. I'll probably say, gosh, I took it so seriously. <laughs> yes. It is, it's a combination of a joke and, a, and laughter at yourself and and serious because you're here. Mm. So from your out-of-body experiences, have you seen, and I'm talking in our humanist terms, so you've, of, of course you've experienced past lives, but have you experienced the future of humanity? Yes, we all make it. And we just keep reincarnating and learning and growing and evolving. Yeah, we're, we make it. Everything turns out. And it so, just doesn't look like it. Sorry. I said it doesn't look like it all turns out. It doesn't look like we make it because of such profound damage that this planet puts on us. Mm. Until you step away from the encumbrances of the earth. So as an example, you today, you could you could stand up and say, you know, I'm done with all that nonsense. I'm going to live my life fully. I'm going to live my life with this notion of light spirit. And then you just you stop worrying about a lot of things. The, you know, the, the phrase God will provide, it's your spirit will provide. But just waiting is like knocking on your door saying, oh, are you ready to move on? Is it time? I mean, if you learned what you need to learn, you know, there's more to go. Yeah. But where you go is up to you because it's your intention to move into a space where you're not encumbered by the stuff. Of course. And that's our freedom. We can choose to think, at least think. So rarely, so rarely experienced because we just don't see ourselves that way. We don't see the vastness of the soul. We don't see our potential. We don't see that we are creators. We're creating our life. You created your life. Everything around you, you created. So from your experiences, so for example, we have a soul, an oversoul. There's many different terms for it. Are Absolutely. we are we experience, experiencing multiple incarnations? Uh-oh. Here's the news. <laughs> You're experiencing all of them simultaneously. So what to, people term as past lives, future everything lives? Everything before and everything after all happening now. And what about on other planetary systems or other worlds? Well, they operate under different rules. Okay. The higher the, the higher the frequency, the higher the higher level of consciousness, they work under completely different rules. But they're still existing. It's not until you are released from this stuff that you move on past everything else. Right. So it's like an ev evolutionary scale. It's like levels. It's like levels. Right. Moving into the light is, is, a, is a progression of moving through frequency, through moving through levels of consciousness. And at some point, you just wash your hands the whole thing. You know, I'm done. I'm going to let this last time. <laughs> I got the sign off from the big guy. <laughs> so I I'm living. Yes, no, I agree. So I'm living all my incarnations in the now. Not that I recall them all, but they're all happening right now. 
they're all there for they you can access them the most obvious ones are the ones in the past because it's like you believe once again we're going back to beliefs that every past life every all the past is written in stone but you could go from this life and you could jump back 500 years and become something else i don't know why you'd want to do that but it's a possibility you could jump ahead why would you do that well I think the question is, what have you learned here? In this incarnation? Yes, this one. It's so interesting. What's your advice for people to connect or recall or remember in some way their past lives or future lives? Find that meditation chair, find that meditation couch, whatever it is. Set the nonsense aside, put it in a box, push it off to the side and become available, become available to the experience. Um, Have a plan, have a plan, yeah. I'm getting technical here, but for example, just for advice, is it sit in that chair or just sit quietly and meditate 10 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day? Is there a, a time frame for this? No, it's what suits you. Right. Some times in meditation i normally get up around three in the morning which can be annoying if i'm tired or if you have a partner <laughs> yes well they're asleep you know okay <laughs> leave them alone let them get their sleep right. um, so I, I do the meditative process that early in the morning because the energy in the in this area that i'm existing in is quiet it's like the quiet of night. People go to sleep. You know, they do their thing and then they go home and then they sleep. We all have to sleep. Everything quiets down. And it's that you don't have that. It's like a ping pong ball of energy going back and forth all the time. When you're awake, like now. But in the in the middle of the morning, where people are drowsy, they're, they're off into dreamland. And there is a dreamland, by the way. They're recharging their brain. It's a really good time to do what I'm talking about. But that's for me. Mm. I didn't start out that way. I quit When I was younger, I wouldn't dream of interrupting my sleep at 3 in the morning. But you get some really good stuff. Interesting how things change. A couple of more questions, if you don't mind. You mentioned dreamland. What is what is dreamland? We all go to a place. Our, our once again, our soul goes into a place where we dream. We experience all the levels of reality that we're going through before and after, which is not before or after. It's all now. We go through all of our experiences, the emotions. If you've had a particularly trying day or an upsetting day or a traumatic day, that's the time where you recreate those experiences internally to help you stay on track. So you do need your sleep. That's a scientific fact. You need your four or five hours to stay steady or you just go crazy. If you don't sleep, you have a nervous breakdown. And that period of time, what's the value of the sleep? You know, the deep theta levels of sleep is connection to spirit. 
or you just go to try to jetson off or release all of the emotion of the day. And we wrap that in dreams, which is an enactment of our intentions and desires in our daily life. Interesting. You're in touch with your dreams. You, you read again and again, people, highly creative people, learn so much in their dreams. A song, a piece of art, a, a new mechanical device. Suddenly it comes in in its totality through dreams. Just a matter of remembering them. Yeah. Well, you can train yourself to do that too. Yeah. Well, often I've had guests that have said put a you know a pattern a, a a pen next to your bed and write it down well there there's a there's a, a there's something called lucid dreaming and lucid dreaming is training yourself to remember your dream to be existing in a in a dream state but aware of the dream so you can train yourself to remember Probably it starts, for me, it started with, I wrote everything down, all my dumb dreams. And then it started getting interesting. And then it got more interesting. But it started with just writing out, what did I dream? And, I, and at the beginning, it was hard to remember what I dreamed. So I started programming myself. Remember intentionality. I intended to remember dreams. And it was a slow process because at that age, all I was interested in were Young men's things. Yeah, <laughs> you said that so well. God, you're a wealth of information, Kevin. I'd love to talk about your book, The Pattern. What's it about? Well, the the pattern is a thirty year adventure. It started a long, long time ago when I wanted to finally just write down what I was experiencing because it, it was like. The, the bottle was full and I need to process what was there. I started writing about spiritual things. I didn't write about phenomenal things. I wrote about spiritual things, about my experience in spirit. Or as I tell a friend, if you can't sleep, read my book. It'll put you out in 10 minutes. <laughs> so I finished the book. And then just adding and adding and adding all these things that I had experienced in spirit. And then I gave it to my editor and my editor said, no. I said, what do you mean? No. She said, it's just going to put everyone to sleep. I said, I already know that. Add the experiences. Peg an experience to an observation in spirit. That brings a sense of reality to the person who's reading the book. And she was right. So I came up with a whole bunch of experiences and put them in the book in the appropriate place that correlated with talking about spirit. I mean, seriously, if you talk about spirit a long time, it's just like it becomes fluff. It's like Christmas all day long. So I put in the experiences and we all tied it together. And I could, I was trying to think of what I wanted to call it. And then I had an experience of what I call the pattern. And I named it the pattern in exploration of consciousness. 
Well, a big congratulations on your book. Where's the best place for people to connect with you? And I will leave a link below in the show notes as well. Well, go to Amazon. Go to Amazon or Google. The book is there. Um, sales have been brisk. I want everyone to know I have not made a penny from writing that book. Whatever whatever proceeds come from the book are donated to organizations that need a couple bucks to do something. So the books are the books are selling. It's not like a bestseller, but they're steady. And I get a lot of a lot of interesting emails and communications from people that read the book. And they talk about the pattern. Oh, I saw the pattern. And I said, really? Tell me about it. And they described exactly what I experienced. I said, it took me 40 years to experience the pattern. They got it in two months. That well, maybe, maybe it's an activation. So after reading it, can you give us a sneak peek of what the pattern yeah. is? Yeah, but if only I had a sneak peek 40 years ago, I'd be in good shape right now. So I'll, I'll kind of wrap it by talking about the experience of the pattern that seems to be of interest. Is that I was in my favorite meditation chair, my go-to. And relaxing, put the, the day aside, put the emotions aside, clear the slate, wipe off all the chalk, perfect piece of blank paper. And... I felt something grabbing me in my chest and pulling me out of my body. Now this has happened in other times and other circumstances, but it's, it's pretty rude. Out you go. And I was in spirit in the soul form, the energetic body. And I started going into these layers of reality that I call them. And I'm thinking, why is this happening? Because I'm really not the captain of that ship. And I kept going into the deeper levels of reality, the underlying imagery, the underlying uh, energetic structures. And I could see a grid. It's almost like a holographic imagery, a repetition, but it's in a grid format. And the closer I got, I saw the Milky Way galaxy. The closer I came in, I saw little golden sparkles of light that I was told were individual consciousness of people. And then I went in further and it became a very emotional experience because I was experiencing the beginning. And the beginning was the pattern and the pattern was the construct put together by the creator. I don't like to say things like, religious things, the creator. The creator put into place the grid to be like our universal library that we can call on. Um, a practical example is that when you get stuck, the pattern provides a template to help you move forward, to help you lift your consciousness. So it's like uh, it's, it's background pushing out into our reality. And as I mentioned, it was very much, I couldn't even talk about it. I spent at least six months. I tried to articulate this and I just 
I couldn't talk about it without getting emotional. So finally, I just quit talking about it or trying to. And then I started that talking to my editor who was in the process of the book that I had written. And she said, just write a description of what happened. And those three paragraphs uh, were traumatic. But once I got out the emotion and, and the, the impact of that experience, I started to articulate it in writing. And then eventually after that, I, I talked about it. And we're talking about it now. It only took me two years to get there. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that. The pattern, it, it, I, I mean, I love the name. It's almost like tapping into this quantum field of source or the, exactly. the creator. It's a quantum field. It's a quantum field, quantum energy as related to structure. Which is there, which has always been there. It's just, it's there. I guess yeah. I'm using my simple terms that tapping into it. And no, how do a, we do this? I want to do this more often. <laughs> you know, I don't know. There was a lady who was a pastor in North Carolina at a church, kind of like, I think it was a Baptist congregation that was old school religion. And she read the book. And she's always looking and always discovering. And she experienced the pattern. I said, how in the world did you do that? For me, I I was forced into it, and you just did it. And I was hoping for the answer, and she said, I don't know. I concentrated. I saw the grid, and then everything filled itself in. So, so clearly, ready yeah. to experience in that moment in time what I had spent a lifetime well, maybe in some in some way the book is an activation for others. Well, I've got that feedback. I did a, a, a lecture at the International Association of Near-Death Experiencers. And I started talking about the pattern, exactly what we're talking about now. No change, no variance. And then people started standing up and showing they had seen the pattern all their life. But it wasn't, it wasn't that impactful an experience but they saw that their life had a pattern mm. there was a structure there was a design and that goes back to when you decided to come here and to take on the form that you take that you took and learn there's a pattern and you follow that pattern and the pattern correlates to the to the big pattern so i think uh, Actually, well, a scientist, there are a lot of doctors and scientists that go to those those meetings. And he said, look at nature. Nature is a naturally occurring pattern. Everything is a structure with a pattern, uh, a geometric pattern. And within that fits different patterns. I said, all you have to do is look around you and you'll see patterns everywhere. And I hadn't even thought of that. I thought I had this unique experience. And then I found that it's a common experience. It just had a little kick added to it. Of course. And you're sharing it 
today. So thank you so much. Kevin, I've loved having you on the show. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about to the Passion Harvest audience that I haven't asked you? Yes. And this is what I say all the time. It's kind of oh, like good. because my time <laughs> off, you are more than who you think you are. Very simple. You are more than who you think you are. Well, perfect, perfect, perfect. And a beautiful way to end the show. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin Jeffers, for being on Passion Harvest. It's been a delight and so insightful. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me here. I it's appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Bye-bye. If you liked this episode, please do subscribe.